Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ohio, Mina-san, what's up, weebs and casuals alike? We are Baka and Company, and we're here to provide you with a deep dive into all your random anime shows and movies. We'll talk about both new and old, good and bad, and everything in between, and get prepared for some hot takes. Oh. On this episode, <laughs> we have myself, the aeronautical ace, Drutendo64, and we have the pilot of our dreams, it's magically average. Oh. <laughs> No, uh, so sweet. If, you have, <laughs> if you haven't guessed it already, we're kind of in a Ghibli mood, so we're going to be talking about The Wind Rises, uh, directed by the one, the only, Hayao Miyazaki. This one came out in 2013, so it's a more recent one, um, and it's uh, different from what they usually do because it's historically based, so they have a very... <gasps> oh, my gosh. <laughs> A very well-planned-out story to follow with a beginning beginning and an end. Um, fortunately, I don't believe Miyazaki went crazy with storyboarding, as he usually does, and then made up a story because, hey, we got fact here for once. Yeah. But one, uh, one of the many things that, um, that the Wind Rises uh, revolves around is our main character, Jiro, Horu Koshi, who is a young um, man who wants to become a pilot, uh, but he finds out that his nearsightedness isn't going to allow him to be a pilot. So one night he dreams of his idol, an aircraft designer named Giovanni Battista Caproni. Uh, the most Italian-sounding tells... name known oh, to yeah. man. And basically, uh, through these unique dream sequences, uh, he discovers the magic of flight and kind of uh, does a whole bunch of things to become an aeronautical engineer because he realizes he can't fly. Um, and that brings me to one of my favorite scenes in the movie. And it's not the dream sequence. It's uh, when he's on the train 
and you hear the earthquake before it happens. Yeah. To me, was a very Ghibli thing to do because they've done that with other terrors, enemies in the forest or like big bads coming out. And for the enemy, quote unquote, to be this earthquake that also is very amazingly animated was super cool. So I, I really enjoy that part. Um, like yep. just seeing the ground come up in chunks and it be all like perfect squares and stuff. It gave me like the or beginning scene in Princess Mononoke with the, the beast that comes out of the forest. Yeah. And like how it's animated and it keeps switching between like the earth rumbling and then back to the train where people are like, what's going on? And, and again, that's also based on fact, like an actual earthquake happened at that time in his life. And it was one of the bigger ones to hit Japan at the time. So it was actually dubbed the great Kanto earthquake. Uh, in that scene, he also helps um, a young woman that he uh, laughs at his hat flying away, but she dives out to kind of grab it right before the earthquake happens. So um, her name's Nahoko. Nahoko. Man, I'm bad mm. with names today. There's uh, a lot of them in this. We're not gonna there are. Many. That's, and that's, for us English speakers, uh, that's the, the problem that we have. Same with the dubbing crew. They, they do their best and kind of segue into, into that cast. Um, for whatever reason, Disney just goes out of their way to find the best people that must be, in my mind, either on a list or just traveling nearby. So we have Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Jiro. Um, and then for some of the younger fans out there, his young version of him is actually voiced by Zach Callison. Uh, some of you might know him as Steven Universe. Uh, for Nahoko Satomi, uh, we have Emily Blunt. Which, again, how are you pulling that? Well, I, I'll tell you how they're getting Emily Blunt. Because Kiro Hanjo is her husband, John Krasinski. So like, you got Jim from The Office just showing up. It's it, also, it always blows my mind when we go through the voice actors in Ghibli films. Which, by my recollection, they're never in two Ghibli films. They're only ever like in one. I believe so. It's like you never see like repeat offenders. Like, you know, some studios will try to find like the same voice actor, even if it's different movies because they like them. But like Ghibli is always just who's the some of the biggest stars we can find in America. Let's just reach out and see it. Every single one of them is always just like, yes, please, God, yes. Get me in this film. Well, and the the best part about that, that's not where this list dies down. Because no, I the know. This just gets crazier from then on. So we got Kurokawa, who's Jiro's like short tempered boss, which is voiced by Martin Short, comedy legend. Hilarious. We have um, one of the other um, uh, German gentlemen is Hans or Hans Kastrop, uh, vo voiced by Werner Her Herzog, like. Okay. If you, if you awesome. saw the first season of The Mandalorian, you'd know who Werner Herzog is. I want to see the baby. I, yeah, there you go. So yeah. He's uh, got that really, he's got that very recognizable accent. I want to see the baby. Uh, and then you got Satomi, who's voiced by William H. Macy. Uh, Jiro's mom is voiced by Eddie Merman. Um, Kayo Horikoshi is voiced by Mae Whitman. Who is also in Star Wars right now? 
I believe. Like, right? yeah, like just we're going down way further into the list, and it's just still like again, well, it's it's a it's it's <laughs> full accolades to Ghibli because all these different actors are like dying to get their hands on a a role in a Ghibli film. For good reasons because you can too. Say, like, yeah, I got to be in a Ghibli, right? Yeah. Like, like it's it's it's, it's, it's a amazing. huge, huge, huge accolade. Like it's like honestly, I would go so far given especially like those in recent films from Disney. Like Ghibli, it's more of a, an accomplish well, not I don't want to call it accomplishment. It's like a higher tier to say I was a voice actor in a studio Ghibli film than it is at this point to say like I was a voice actor in a Disney film. Like, it's just that yeah. weird, for many it's, people who don't know or understand, you're just like, that's that's backwards. But then for everyone who does, who's seen Ghibli films for years and years and years, it's like, no, that's how it should be. <laughs> like, No, like, I agree, because like you look at other films, whether they be animated or live action, and a lot of the the noise around it is like, I'm fortunate enough to be in this film. Or I was lucky, or I yeah. get to be in this film. Whereas it's almost a gift to be in a Ghibli film because they they aligned the character with who you are and what you can bring to it, not the other way around. They don't build the character and then go, oh, like, this is a John Krasinski character. Let's see yeah. if he's available. No, like, these are already fully fleshed out, voiced by the Japanese artists that they're voiced by, right? Right. So diving further into the list, we have Hattori, who is Mandy Patagon. Like, okay. Uh, we have Jennifer Grey in there. We got Stanley Tucci. Which, um, it, lo- it, like, when I when you read that name, I was like, what the hell? Stanley Tucci, too? Oh, my gosh. But Stanley Tucci is Caproni. So, again, like, <laughs> he's he's got that charisma. He's got that, like, I'm yeah. fancy as hell kind of voice. Well, and, and that and, works for him. And to to like finish up the the voice acting piece too i in when my wife and i saw uh the wind rises in in theater for ghibli fest a couple weeks back and uh at the end they had like a really quick snippet of the hayao miyazaki uh, documentary and it was about the wind rises and he was going through like okay who should voice jiro the main character and he's like, okay, well, as a person, Jiro was, you know, an intellectual, but that means he doesn't really know how to speak. Every sentence was very short. Every sentence was very analytical. Every sentence had purpose. You know, it's, he's not just going to talk to talk. He's like, who could embody that? And they were going through different people. And he's like, no, no. And then I, I hope I get this right. But I think Miyazaki was like, who, give me the director for Evangelion. Because I guess he worked with him on an Evangelion project, I want to say. <laughs> and they have the, the guy come in and he's like, I've never done voice acting. And he's like, don't worry, just go in the booth, to read these lines. <laughs> and he starts reading them and they, they pan over to Miyazaki. And he's like, that's our guy. That's him. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And they all just start laughing. And he's like, guess what? You're him. Congratulations. So I guess in the, the subbed version... The, the voice actor for Jiro is also the director for, like, the Evangelion movies. Yeah, Hideki so just, Ono. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, like, it's it's hilarious how, I mean, how that came up. But it also speaks to the fact that, like, 
to what you were saying, when Miyazaki's going through and finding the people that are are best suited for these roles, I mean, he's he's not creating a character around someone in mind. He's developing that character and then going, all right, who's the best fit? You are, because you embody these personalities, or you have the type of voice that I would envision this character having. It's it's always very, there's a lot of strategy behind it. And I think, again, that speaks to why most of the dubs, I'm going to emphasize most, because I know people are going to scream about a couple, most of the dubs for Shibli films are excellent. Like, really well casted, really well done. It it They just are, like, perfect in my mind in terms of the the casting and, and translation over from the subbed versions oh it's phenomenal like it's it's again another like out of the ballpark like fantastic casting choice like oh, yeah. last but not least we have sone who is voiced by elijah wood like oh i can't just, yeah just 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 throwing him in there like they're just casually but Again, they they do a very good job picking who who gets to be in these movies, and it's just beautiful. And that ties in with the whole theme of the movie too, because the voices obviously make an impact. You have people mm-hmm. who sound like they belong to the to the face that they're portraying. Their inflections on like whether they're angry or distraught or happy, like nothing sounds like the cookie cutter early nineties anime where right. you find it at the back of a target and the dust is covering the <laughs> VHS case. And it's like everyone pop yeah, every- gum crisis or whatever those were. And it's like, hello. <laughs> hi. Yeah. Everyone sounds like they're being like recorded in an echo chamber for some reason. They all have like or, the weird, like either the weird, like echoiness or staticiness or something. It's always there's, yeah, there's, there's something always weird, something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and mouth syncing wasn't a thing, so it was just yeah, like, just "Hello, how are you? <laughs> you did your best." But it's like, what happens to me sometimes when I don't look at the camera? <laughs> but <laughs> as as great as the voice acting cast is for the Wind Rises, I think. The thing that stood out for me the most, because this was the first time I'd ever seen it, was when my wife and I went to the movies and saw it. Um, which, again, I highly recommend. If you've never seen many of the Ghibli films or you just want to rewatch them, if you have the opportunity to go watch them in theater, it it's obvious. M- watching most things in theater is better. It's just, it adds a whole new level to like Ghibli films from like the sound and the audio visual effects of it all to. You know, even for older ones, like it's just it pops more in theater. But um, watching the film for the first time, what really stood out to me the most and is likely going to be a controversial statement is the scenery and environments. And I it, again, gonna going to put myself out there to be skewered. Uh, I, I really believe that The Wind Rises has some of the best environmental visuals and scenery in in any Ghibli film. Which is saying a lot because most of the ones that we've talked about, Mononoke, Ponyo, even like Porco Rosso, have a large emphasis on sceneries and how different environments are captured. And they all do a fantastic job, but there was something different with The Wind Rises. Like everything felt more alive in every scene 
like even things way off in the back. Whereas like in other Ghibli films, you have like the, that obvious animation style where you're like, they're going to go to that building because all these other buildings are kind of blurry. You know, it's like, it's what, it's like what every (laughs) other, like it's what every film, every video game you play does where it's like, I wonder which door in this hallway is interactable. Oh, the one that's kind of shiny looking. Don't mind me. Like the wind rises didn't really have that. Like every single scene, every single piece to the, the, what they were trying to capture, whether it was like, buildings on the seaside or the boats that were in the water or like large spanning shots of them traveling through countryside on the train. Like everything was so vibrant and it felt alive. Like it felt like you were in, and it's getting cheesy to say it's like you were like there kind of experiencing yeah. it all. And I, that's a huge, huge, I mean, obviously animation has come a long way since the original studio Ghibli films. And then obviously the wind rises, but, um, it just it screams just how much emphasis they've put into capturing those types of moments and capturing like scenery in a, in a very specific way and environments in a very specific way because as to what you had noted at the beginning this is a historical film mm-hmm. to some degree right i mean they they take some they take some obviously creative uh pieces here and there um because if you go and actually read the history, there's actually some very, very strong differences. But still based on a true person, still based on their life in Japan and what they offered, I should not even say offered, what they meant to the Japanese uh, aircraft manufacturing and, and um, again, you know, as, as tough as it is to say, to their war efforts and everything like that, uh, was a very, very meaningful and impactful person. So... It's hard to, you know, turn that, especially being a Ghibli film, into something that's entertaining. And I think they did it very well by putting so much emphasis on making everything look fantastic. Like it was, this was one of the most visually appealing in terms of every aspect, from the characters, the scenes. Like, every shot was just so well done that I was like... This is surprising, giving how little fantastical things are happening. Like you're not, it's not like Ponyo where things are just turning into giant, like waves are turning into giant fishes. It's not spirited away where it's just chaos from beginning to end. It's not Howl's Moving Castle where people just turn into giant sludge jelly beings. Like you're limited because you are trying to portray a historical figure and capture their story, but it's still so incredibly entertaining because of the simple fact that they did put so much into their environments and their scenes. Like it's, I thought it was wonderful. I, I can't agree more because I am honestly the background loving child that I am and Ghibli never disappoints. So, um, never. Their, their history with how they animate and, and do things is like, if we go all the way back to like Nausicaa, Nausicaa had to be animated by like a team of people in different buildings, in different towns, in different cities. And basically they were all given their job to animate and storyboard and background, whatever they had. And then they mailed it in and put it together. So like seeing them go from a very 
interesting history of animating uh, in a unique way to having something that was so fleshed out, unique and beautiful. Like there's um, one of the beginning parts is when Jiro's looking down as the sun rises and he's uh, it's in his uh, dream plane, the one with the feathers at the beginning. So he's up in the air and he looks down through the clouds and the way the sun chases the shadows off of the meadows is so real and so beautiful and fluid that for a moment while I'm watching that scene, I forgot. I was like, is he dreaming or is he actually in this plane? Like, did he make this? Is this his dream? I can't remember because this is the second time I've seen the film and I might see it the third time this weekend because I just found out one of the local theaters has it in um, theaters this weekend. Ooh. Ooh. I definitely um, would. Yeah, exactly. So um, they've done they've done great work and I don't find that This yeah. in a point where they would slow down. Like, seeing what they've done more recently is a little concerning, but um, yeah. that's because Miyazaki uh, or Hayao isn't in charge. But they're to take a dark page out of Japan's own history. Like, the, the film starts way before World War II because he's a child, he's growing up, he's going to school, he's learning. Um, and then eventually they fly him out to Germany to see like these massive steel planes, because at the point in the thirties, Japan's still using um, like wooden canvas. Mm -hmm. So they're not building everything with steel yet. They're using steel brackets or maybe they're using steel tension rods, things like that, but they're not fully steel. So even incorporating where he got his inspiration from, he goes back, he, he's promoted to like the chief designer um, for, the fighter plane competition later on sponsored by the Imperial Navy. Um, so like his design doesn't do well. It's that one that has the engine die midway through and they barely land on the aircraft carrier. Yeah. I also thought that was a great scene because like the oil splattering on them was very drastic and like it actually carried some weight because later on they have to wash it off and Again, they do, like, there's little scenes that Ghibli puts too much work into. Like, the fact that they have them scrubbing themselves clean in the middle of a warship. You didn't need that. It was just, but it brings more life to their characters. Like, their characters become relatable. Their characters become humanized. Yeah. And, and especially with this being a history piece, right? And then as the movie moves on, and yes, they do get involved with a certain regime of a certain man who has a mustache. Um, but again, it's not that they focus on these things. They, they acknowledge it. They understand it and it's compartmentalized. There we go. That's mm -hmm. the word, um, into an easy to digest way. Like it's, it's shocking to see, um, people acknowledge history lately because, we're in a we're in a way that a lot of people want to ignore certain atrocities or they want to ignore certain things that happened as you have on our previous block of bites that we talked about but like for a film company to be like this is who we are as a people this is who we are as animators and this is who we are as storytellers like i don't i don't put the the wind rises out there as like my go to 
to recommend for Ghibli movies, but it it's going to be up there. If someone's like, oh, yeah, I've already seen Totoro and, uh, you know, Mononoke is fine, but I want something, I don't know, different. This is where I would recommend The Wind Rises and, and very quickly say, like, you know what, you're sit down and just enjoy it. Don't it's not a turn your brain off movie. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Enjoy it because this you come out of this film like learning more because I usually don't go into movies expecting to learn something and like just the whole history of aeronautics and how like the world did not move like you'd think in the 1900s all of everyone's technology was moving at the same pace for everyone yeah it was not so like yeah and that's the biggest piece for me was because like in today's day and age especially those of us living in the west so in in north america you have this vision especially if you haven't been i've had the luxury of going to japan twice now you have this vision of Japan and a lot of the Asian countries as being like the pinnacle for advancement in terms of technology, in terms of human like life and like culture, everything about it. Because not only are many of the Asian countries extremely old, so there's this balance of historic like history and and certain practices and certain aspects of their culture that they want to retain with futuristic developments in technology like just every single aspect of life and how far they've come in, in terms of where you know their origination like it's it's shocking to see like it's i had the, the privilege of going to kyoto and it's it's just really weird seeing like a castle like an actual castle that's thousands and thousands of years old right next to like a shopping area <laughs> like with Starbucks. brand new stores. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just, it's weird because it's like the, obviously they want to keep the heritage and keep the history alive with certain areas and certain aspects of, of the Japanese culture. But then again, it's like, you know, they're moving forward and things have to progress, right? They always have to keep moving forward. You can't, you can't step backwards, but you can always look back at where you've come from. And I think mm -hmm. that's something that this movie brings out because throughout the movie, Jiro's close friend is always talking about how, like, oh, Japan's so far behind every country. Japan is is so poor compared to every country. Japan, and again, like, if you don't know a lot of history and you don't understand, like, the time period leading up to World War II, like, you, you forget that, yeah, like, Japan was not in a great place. <laughs> like, many, like many countries throughout the entire world at that time. Right. Like a lot of other countries were leaving World War One and, and recovering from that. You have certain pieces to the transition time from the end of World War One into the, you know, few years, basically, where there was nothing happening, where you had the Great Depression in America, which affected a lot of countries around the world as well. Like you just kind of forget that. Yeah, Japan wasn't at the forefront where it is nowadays. It's not. And so to see that come out in the film and to see the transition, like right at the end where you, where you start to feel like, okay, this was, this was the defining moment, like not just for aero, the aeronautical industry, right? Not just for the development of airplanes, whether they be for passenger purposes or war purposes. Like this was the moment in time for Japan where it was like the next big advancement, 
and then obviously most of us know what occurred in World War II, and there was an immediate recovery period after that, but then it's been the slow and steady progression to where they're at now. So it's it's the the looking back and and kind of understanding it and seeing it through the perspective of someone in Japan, someone living in Japan, and Miyazaki, the you know the director who's knowledgeable in terms of Jiro and and his journey throughout his lifetime as an aeros air, I keep wanting to say aerospace aeronautical engineer, and you're not getting it from like the Western eye, like the Westernized version of like, Oh, you know, here's the very straightforward de- de- depiction of what's going on in Japan. You're seeing it from the Japanese perspective. So that piece of it was also really cool and really interesting to see. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. It's just, I think the biggest piece to it all, and why I don't think a lot of people enjoy this film as much as others. Like, my wife was not a big fan of it. I personally really liked it is because it's not, it doesn't feel like a Ghibli film, right? <laughs> like, to what you were saying, where you would, you would suggest this to someone who's like, wants to get outside of the, the Ghibli-esque films, then yeah, I mean, like, maybe this might be, cleanse the palate a bit. You know, it's it's more tame. It's got a very, 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 very basic story. There's an easy progression there's really not much messaging behind just, you know, you whenever you advance, you have the potential to create weapons. Like, whatever you do, you can see the beauty in something, but someone's always going to take it and use it for something else, right? Yeah. That was kind of the message at the end. But, yeah, because that's, that's where he gets, honestly, his inspiration was to just build planes. He wanted to yeah. build them. He wanted to fly them. He wanted to experience them, and that's, like, when you see him in the early dream sequences with Caproni, and he's like, I can't believe I get to do this now. Like I'm doing them for real. But then the harsh truth of like with an intellect like his, clearly someone else out there is going to monopolize on it. And everything, everything comes with a consequence. I mean, like even, and it's, it's something, it's a message that is very much prevalent in today's day and age. I mean, with almost anything, I mean, you can go as big as artificial intelligence and say, yeah, you know, our, the idea of artificial intelligence is, is fantastic. You know, you're developing a system by which you can feed it information, you know, and, and have it learn through machine learning. And eventually you can just start plugging in 
different parameters and different questions and it's able to through different thought like processes operate like a human brain like it's 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 incredible but then again look at all of the downsides to what people have already used ai for and what you know the speculation is could be leading to even in the future so like with every great advancement there's there's two sides to it there's what the intention is and what the hopes and dreams of it are used for and then there's the abuse and destruction of it through someone who's either or people who are either very egotistical or or you know want to just monopolize it like you said like there's a lot of different aspects to it but yeah i mean that that message is very very clear in the wind that in the wind rises and i think again that's probably a reason why a lot of people are like eh about it because it's not a totoro it's not a mononoke it's not a howl's moving castle or spirited away or anything right it is very much grounded in reality the only real fantastical nature to it is the dream sequences with Caproni. And even those, it's not like they're making airplanes that can, you know, fly at a bajillion miles an hour. It's still within the realm of possibilities during that day and age, right? They're not thinking of different ways to develop a plane that are outside of feasibility during that time period. It's like, Here's a plane that I made, but it's got extra wings, and it's like, whoa, that's incredible. This <laughs> one carries three wings on that thing. Yeah, this one carries people, and it's just to transport people around. Oh my god, no one thought of that. Like, it's 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 that sort of thing. So, I I mean, in my mind, again, it's it's a very good movie, and I think it would have been received better. In, in my personal opinion, if it didn't have the Ghibli stamp on it. Like, if it came out as just a, here's an animated film about Japan post-World War I leading up to World War II, and it follows an, an aeronautical engineer who just wants to make planes because he sees the beauty in, in flying and soaring through the sky. And... You left it at that. I think people would be like, "Okay, this was a good film. This was this was, I, I liked it. I enjoyed it." But because it's got the Ghibli name attached to it, people are like, "This is boring." It's a heartwarming romance. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. They they focus. Yeah, because it's just like, oh, it's just a romance story, and his his wife is. It's, I get spoilers. Sorry, his wife is dying. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it it almost does like a disservice to it because it is. In again, my opinion, it is quite a good film, uh, but because it doesn't have that that Ghibli flavor to it that everyone just craves, in which it's it's got to be extraordinary. It's got to bend your mind and imagination, and both not like visually and storytelling wise, like it's it has to encompass all those p- things to really embody what a true Ghibli film is. Because it doesn't have that. It doesn't have the like the the fingerprint of what a Ghibli film should be. People are just like, yeah, it's it's okay. <laughs> well, it's you know what you're you're doing yourself a disservice if you think that, and if you go into any of of these films expecting something, because I find 
that's the the biggest disservice you can do to yourself is having an expectation for a Ghibli film because more often than not, it'll go a different way. Like I remember mm-hmm. the first one I ever watched was Kiki's Delivery Service, and the way they advertised it on TV, happy go lucky story, just a little witch, she's gonna have fun. At no point in time did any of the like later themes or even the fact that she has a bad time. You didn't expect that because you're like, oh, it's the Disney brand. They must uh, they must know what they're doing. Uh, bringing yeah. this movie over from Japan. Nothing no. bad happens in Disney films. No, I was wrong. And then the second one I watched was Mononoke. And then the third was Spirited Away. But oh, again, just got progressively darker and darker. <laughs> right. But those that's the other thing, too. The way. I was in college when Spirited Away was being promoted and it was like, you're not going to believe what this film does. It's visually stunning. It's from the same guys that, that did all these other films. I'm like, okay, yeah, I've seen those. And people, I went to a film school uh, and an art school and people were just like, you got to watch it. It's going to change how you think about animated movies. And, And at the time I was going to school, Monsters, Inc. was the big thing that had come out from Disney and Pixar. Mm-hmm. So it was like, how can it be better than that? And people were like, just wait, just wait, go see it. And again, I saw it. And it's it's one of those treats that I went in with an expectation and it, it yeah. derailed it, right? So accept these movies for what they are. Go in just expecting that you're going to see something you've never seen before. And just leave your mind open to change leave your mind ready to to take in this new information because wind rises can be up in my personal top three because it does that because wow. it's so different because it's unique and wow. it doesn't follow the the hero the hero's journey that we see where hero or in this case his name is hero or no it's jiro right jiro yeah close jiro. enough oh, close i was close um it's they're not thrust upon a, a conquest. They don't have an item to get a person to rescue a place to save. He just wants to make airplanes. Yeah. Well, and even and, and even to that piece too. Like basically, the entire film he fails until the very end. Yep. And even when he succeeds, it doesn't. He he doesn't feel good about it. It's like that. He has like that fleeting moment of happiness where he realizes like, oh, his 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 actual plane, what he's thought of, what he's designed, what he's created, it actually works. Finally, after years and years of of failures, he has something that can actually fly. But then it's the immediate realization that, oh, this is just going to be used for war. That. I don't know how to feel like it's like it's that type of moment where even at the end even as a viewer you're just like god that that sucks huh (laughs) like to have your dream finally come true and and to see it alive only to realize that it someone's just gonna take it and use it for purposes that go beyond what you ever could have expected because all you wanted to do was just have a creation fly through the air and and see the world from a different view and yet it's going to be used to travel across waters and and c- cause great amounts of c- catastrophe and and destruction 
Well, it's it's very similar to draw lines to another person around that time who also has a film out this year. Uh, yeah. Oppenheimer, right? Yeah, so, I was actually going to bring that up earlier when you were talking about uh, how, you know, it's it, surprising that they made a film about this time period. Um, because, yeah, I mean, even even being, you know, American, like a lot of people don't view what happened at the end of World War II as being a good thing. Most people, no matter where you live, would probably see that as being quite an awful atrocity to have been committed. Yep. And so the fact that, you know, we have Christopher Nolan, I believe is the one who directed it, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Yeah. Like to have him capture what took place during that time and how the development of, you know, the nuclear bomb was basically forged is, I mean, it, it's something that we can never forget. It's something that's imprinted, you know, uh, as 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 a country in in the United States of America. So, I don't mind it being portrayed, especially if it's done in a, in a an accurate way. But it still doesn't make it any less challenging because it's like, yeah, that was the thing that happened. You don't want to, you don't want to remember it really, but you can never make it go away it's always going to be around so it's just something that you just kind of have to embrace and say you know what this was something that occurred in our history and this is something that we've learned from hopefully as a country and as the world understands what not to do (laughs) moving forward and you move on and that's kind of what you get from the wind rises too it's like with every great advancement with every new piece of technology and whatever you're developing right it, there's always going to be a negative consequence to it. And it's not even at your own doing, right? In, in Jiro's case, he was making this plane just to make a plane. He only wanted to make planes. Like that was He repeated that nonstop throughout the movie. He's like, I just want to make planes. I just want to make planes. And everyone's like, great, make planes. But just FYI, we're going to use them to go to war with. Like You're going to be a part of the machine in which it, we're developing to cause destruction so don't forget that and it's like i what can you do how can you stop it i guess you could have stopped making planes but where would japan be right even without jiro like where we don't know what would have happened so it's just that it's an acceptance of realizing that with every great invention with every new idea there is going to there's bound to be negative consequences in the end and it's just sort of that acceptance that you have to get through and that's something that Jiro had to mentally get through but it's and and not to mention it not just the character in the film like as a human like later in life he he lived with that guilt and he he still worked for Mitsubishi who fun fact people Mitsubishi the cars that do the drifts (laughs) <laughs> also made the, the the zero airplane and were responsible for horrendous acts. BMW did some stuff too in World War Two. So like, and we won't talk about the foundation of Mercedes, but um, yeah, mo, mo, well, the, or mean, no, not Mercedes. It's Volkswagen. That's right. Well, man, you could even bring it home to North America and talk about NASA, <laughs> but you don't have to go into yeah. that either. But yeah, but no, it's it's more that 
this is a movie you can learn a lot from. It can open your eyes into number one, what uh, an animated film can be, what a historical film can be, what a masterpiece can be in, in the realm of animation, because there is nothing in this film that I found goes wrong, whether that be from the fantastic music from Joe Hayashi, mm -hmm. who again, just anything he works on is pure gold because yeah. He's a Sashi. Sorry, I'm, I'm bad with names. But he is just fantastic in what he does. Like, anytime you hear him in a Ghibli film or if you're playing Nino Kuni, like, again, music's great, backgrounds are great, animation's great, story's great, characters are great. And again, we're going to circle back to the dubbed voices of the English cast who did well reading words off a page because they are trained actors. Obviously they have more of an inclination to be better, but it just makes the whole film. So such a masterpiece to, yeah. to enjoy and live through. So again, I definitely recommend you go and watch this. Please watch it with an open mind and don't do yourself a disservice and expect <laughs> that everything's going to wrap up happy and normal in the end. I mean, in fairness, most Ghibli films don't, but yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always good to go in with zero expectations with, like you said, open mind because you definitely need to with this film. I, I had done that going in to the theater, no expectations. Didn't really know. I, I mean, I didn't know anything what it was about. I knew wind was involved. That was about it. <laughs> Uh, and the cover is a girl painting. So I was like, I, I don't know, maybe it's about art <laughs> uh, and left very pleased. So I think if I were to give it a ranking, I mean, there's plenty of other Ghibli films I haven't seen yet. I mean, I would venture to say it's in top seven for me. It could enter nice. in top five. I, I, I do want to revisit Nausicaa and I, I do want to see Castle in the Sky. There's a couple that uh, Ghibli films that I know I've been pushed very hard to to watch and rewatch. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, first time watching this was a a real joy. So yeah, again, if you have the opportunity, please go see it in theater. Otherwise, just uh, snuggle up, watch it again. Maybe drink a bottle of wine. Well, uh, if you're if you're Frank, drink a, a bottle. bottle? Well, it's I'm so used to Frank. I, I we do a recording, and uh, he drinks through a bottle. So sorry, a glass of wine for normal people. If you can do, if you're like <laughs> for Frank, go for it. But yeah, normal people, glass of wine. You know, make it more. You have to be serious about it, right? His, it's historical. You can't be munching on popcorn and and chugging down a Coca Cola or Mountain Dew. You gotta be. No, maybe maybe make a charcuterie. Get a Dr party. Pepper. If you're gonna drink something, you gotta drink a Dr Pepper with this film. That's yeah, Dr Pepper works. That's true. <laughs> That's the drink of champions. So next, I think you even hit the nail on the head. You've been pushed into watching a couple other ones. Yes. I think next we should do Castle in the Sky because, again. I think you're getting overvoted, though. I think we're supposed to oh, do yeah? the oh, that's right. We're supposed to do Cat or whatever. I can't remember the, the name. The Cat Returns. That's right. Yeah, sure. It's cat that isn't it Cat Returns, Howl's Moving Castle, and then we didn't have anything after that? Maybe. I've already seen Howl's, though, a bunch of times. Yeah, but Howl's but, is fun. That's true. Howl's is enjoyable. Master Howl. I need to watch it, though, in, in 
subbed though, because the dubbed if if I if I play Howls at all in this house, my wife's ears perk up and she realizes <laughs> that fucking Howls talking, and then she like runs to whatever room it's coming from and just goes feral. He Screw you! Or she likes my spark. Yeah. <laughs> Screw you, <laughs> Christian Bale. Or no, what the fuck's his name? Christian Bale. Isn't yeah, it? Christian Bale. Batman. Yeah. yeah. Batman before he was Batman. Batman before he was Batman. Or hold on, it came out in two thousand and four. It was probably dubbed around the same time, was it not? So then he was right around Ex Machina time. Or when was he? Or no, Batman? not Ex Machina, Machinist. Why did I say Ex Machina? Oh, Machinist was. I watched that movie. Oh my goodness, that's a great movie. Yeah, scary movie. <laughs> Very, but yeah, we will be watching uh, okay. more Ghibli films. We're continuing the trend of Ghibli. I enjoy this very much because Ghibli films make me happy. So we'll do the cat returns and then we'll see what's next because hopefully we'll have Frank back. Yay. Um, Frank's been doing adult things and moving. So he should be returned by the time we record our next episode. He will be the cat returning. Oh my gosh. What a tie in. <laughs> well, we want to thank everyone for joining us today. If you have suggestions on which Ghibli film we should watch next, please send them our way by sending us a word on that app. Or you can email us at bakakopodcast at gmail.com. Join our Discord or just say, hey, watch this next. We want to thank everyone who's helped us out this far. And until next time, have fun. See ya. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Back up! Back up.